other breaking news. Uh, last night it was announced that Fred Nile is going to be uh, handing over the reins of the CDP in New South Wales to Lyle Shelton, who's your former boss. That's pretty exciting news. Well, yeah, that is so unexpected. I mean, Lyle kept that really under wraps. So I was just talking to Lyle a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was none the wiser. Uh, but, yeah, Fred Nile, the very, very long-serving uh, head of the Christian Democratic Party and uh, member of the New South Wales Upper House, will be resigning this November, and uh, Lyle Shelton will replace him. And the way that works, of course, is that that if Reverend Nile resigns, then there's what they call a casual vacancy, which the party can then fill. Uh, and so the, I think it's the, the, the council or whatever the decision-making body within the party is will choose Lyle, they're expecting, install him to Fred's place, and then Lyle will have just over a year before the next New South Wales state election where he'll have to win the seat in his own right. But I was just reflecting on the fact that Mark Latham is in the New South Wales upper house and he's become really quite a quite a champion of many Christian values and really good legislation, you know, enforcing parents' rights and religious freedom and various things. And uh, Lyle Shelton plus Mark Latham in the upper house, well, it's a very, very interesting combination which could significantly impact on the culture of New South Wales, very often those people who hold those balanced power positions in the upper house have huge influence over the legislative agenda. So that's uh, that's really cool news. I know Lyle, and there's nobody like him for tenacity, for conviction. Uh, he's like a dog with a bone. When he's going to get something good done, he'll stick with it until it's done. <laughs> and so he's a he's a really formidable fella. So um, really looking forward to that uh, coming to coming to fruition. Well, thanks, Martin. Appreciate your kind words. And sorry, I didn't mention my plans when we last met. It was all top secret back then. Look, I've been overwhelmed by the support from people all over the nation since the announcement. I had the opportunity to be in Sydney last week and speak at a couple of book launches hosted by the Reverend Honourable Fred Nile and the party faithful. It was great to meet new friends. I also took the opportunity to reflect on Reverend Nile's legacy and the fact that he was right on so many issues which have now come to bite us as a culture. Take a listen. Welcome, everyone. We thank you very much for coming to our forum here at the New South Wales Parliament House uh, in the Parliamentary Theatrette. And um, we'll be hearing from uh, Lyle Shelton, who's just uh, accepted their invitation to be my successor uh, in the Christian Democratic Party. History is going to show that uh, Reverend Nile and the CDP uh, were right on so many issues. You know, take this national discussion we're having at the moment on, on rape culture after the terrible Brittany Higgins rape in Parliament House. And it's provoked this big conversation about uh, the abuse of women, and the lack of respect in our society and culture. Well, guess what? 40 years ago, there was a man, a lone voice and very few others with him saying pornography is wrong. We shouldn't objectify women. And guess what? They were called wowsers and Christian fundamentalists and whatever, and just ridiculed and perhooed for it. But now today, it's, it's now becoming more and more unacceptable to objectify women in the way that we've seen in our culture. And that's been a positive trend, but people like Fred were saying this was wrong 40 years ago. If only we had listened, maybe Brittany Higgins would not have been raped and so many other women who are abused as a result of our hypersexualized culture because we've walked away from God's vision for sexuality and dignity of, of women. I won't mention um, the disgraceful acts that uh, have been revealed in the media by uh, homosexual men in the parliament on the desks of female members of parliament. But as I 
saw this reported in the media over the last few weeks, it caused me to ask a question in my mind. If we as a society celebrate the values of sexual libertarianism publicly in the streets of Sydney with the gay Mardi Gras each year, why would we be surprised that a group of men go and do this in private on the desks of female MPs in Parliament House? A society will reflect the, the, the cultural values that it espouses. People will act out on those things that are, that are done and celebrated in public. And we shouldn't be surprised. And this has brought terrible shame uh, on our nation that these despicable things have been happening in our parliament. And, and it bothers me that we don't join the dots as a society. The media don't join the dots. And that they look to other reasons and, oh, it's all Scott Morrison's fault and blah, blah, blah. No, we've got a cultural problem. That's and right. people like Fred were warning about this and saying, no, we shouldn't go in this direction 40 years ago and cop a lot of flack for it. And you, as supporters of the CDP, particularly those of you who have been around a long time, have uh, borne that uh, with Fred. So, uh, Fred, you've, you've been right and um, you've stood up and you're going to be vindicated um, by a society uh, which is looking for greater meaning and purpose in what it means in our most intimate interpersonal relationships. Now, now I'll be starting work in Sydney for the CDP early next month in Sydney, ahead of the transition with Reverend Nile in November, and I'm looking forward to the challenge. Can I encourage you to join me by taking out membership of the CDP? I know that could be a big step for many of us who have not been involved in politics before, but this is not a time to be sitting on the sidelines. The radical left are on the march and they are emboldened, and sadly, it is often Christians that are in the firing line. Now, because we are a democracy, we have the privilege and the right of getting involved and pushing back on bad ideas. Political parties always require a grassroots army to help propel people into Parliament so that we can have a voice there. Can I encourage you to join the CDB and to be part of the revitalisation of this incredible movement which has done so much to be a beacon of truth over the last 40 years? You can join at cdp.org.au. Well, welcome back. During the same-sex marriage debate, the Yes campaign promised that children would not be indoctrinated into radical LGBTIQA plus gender fluid ideology as a consequence of that change. But then this happened. How dare you sit there and try to oversee the rolling back of our rights, rolling them back by decades, trying to attack the most vulnerable people in our society, transgender young people, who've already got it tough enough you are nothing but a thug and a bigot. No one has the right to teach children that chemical and surgical castration and bodily mutilation might be for them. But that's exactly what happened this week in the New South Wales Parliament with all this ruckus and fuss. Radical activists, rainbow political lobbyists yelled and disrupted a public inquiry that was underway in the Macquarie Room at the Parliament. Cries of bigot rang out, their go-to slur. The Parliament was examining One Nation leader Mark Education Legislation Amendment Parental Rights Bill. Now, this bill aims to allow parents to withdraw their children from classes pushing ideologies with which they might disagree. Now, who would argue with that? The bill also aims to outlaw teaching children that their gender is fluid. Again, a proposition most parents would breathe a sigh of relief at. 
The New South Wales government junked the Gender Fluid Safe Schools program years ago, but the education bureaucrats backed by rainbow activists continue to smuggle it into the classroom. Clearly, school is not the place to indoctrinate children into queer theory. School is not the place to nudge children towards chemical and surgical castration or other forms of bodily mutilation. If adults want to try and change their gender, that is their choice. But the rainbow political movement, which said during the 2017 plebiscite there would be no such consequences from degendering marriage, is hell-bent on indoctrinating your children. That's what the bullies were fighting for. They want children to have the right with or without parental consent, to take puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and have surgery to alter their bodies irreversibly for life. If you doubt this, look at the words on the Rainbow Political Activist news sites. Here's what the leader of this week's stunt, April Holcomb, told the Sydney Star Observer about the Latham Bill. Quote, It actually gives conservative parents the right to withdraw students from any class about sexuality or religion that they deem to be against their own beliefs. We need to remember that children have their own rights and are not just the property of their parents. End quote. Let that sink in. In the wonderful world of rainbows and unicorns, parents have no right to guide their children away from lifelong infertility and the surgical removal of breasts and genitalia. The other lie told by the the protesters is that Latham's bill makes it a sackable offence for teachers to support trans students. What rubbish. Who would want to sack any teacher for supporting a vulnerable student? Outlawing the teaching of harmful gender-fluid ideology is an entirely different proposition to supporting a child who might be confused about his or her gender. But lies and distortion are the rainbow political movement's stock in trade. For seeking to apply the reason of a parliamentary inquiry to the proposition that gender-fluid indoctrination of children should be banned, Mark Latham is labelled a bigot. You are nothing but a thug and a bigot, the protesters said. And they went on to say, that doesn't represent anyone but yourself and a tiny minority of bigots in this society, end quote. This is what Holcomb was yelling in contempt at the public hearing that was going on in the parliament. Gender fluid ideology is spreading through our schools like a coronavirus and the rainbow political movement wants to keep the pandemic going. Its consequences are far more harmful to young people than COVID-19 ever will be, as the rapidly growing movement of people detransitioning testifies. Now more than ever, leaders need to stand up and resist the rainbow political bullies. Latham must not be left on his own, for kids' sake. Well, marry your sister. That's the latest marriage equality push. If love is love, why not? Now, will the leaders of the 2017 marriage, uh, same-sex marriage plebiscite condemn this latest push for marriage equality? News.com.au reports that an Australian man is pushing to change incest laws in 60 countries, comparing the issue to gay and mixed-race marriage. The logic, of course, holds, but redefining marriage was never about a coherent logic. This Australian man, Richard Morris, is pushing to change incest laws in about 60 countries, saying he supports the legal push in New York's Manhattan Federal Court that sexual behaviour between consenting adults should not be criminalised. 
Fighting for true marriage equality is the right thing to do, isn't it? Mr Morris reportedly said. The leaders of the Yes campaign during the 2017 same-sex marriage plebiscite mocked suggestions that redefining marriage on the basis of love is love would open up other possibilities, someone tell Mr Morris. If they were telling the truth to the Australian people then, where are these activists now? I've been worried about this push for net zero carbon emissions by 2050. I believe it imperils our national security. There's been no cost benefit. We have no clue. Senator Matt Canavan is right to resist his own government's push to move headlong in this direction. With a weak US President Joe Biden, strings being pulled by the radical left, Australia is sadly following his lead. And the New South Wales government, led by Energy Minister Matt Keane, is hell-bent on closing down all coal-fired power stations, imperiling the energy security of the entire eastern seaboard, not just New South Wales. Keane is even resisting Prime Minister Scott Morrison's compromise position of having gas replace coal. No one can tell from where the baseload power required to keep the lights on and people in manufacturing jobs will come. Canavan is right to point out that the obvious problems with a policy of uh, net zero CO2 emissions is akin to having a young child on the roof pretending to be Superman, pretending he can fly. Canavan says effectively this is like that 10-year-old kid trying to jump off. Uh, He's going to fall flat on his face. Now, this has all come ahead of uh, a summit, a virtual summit that Scott Morrison's attending with world leaders hosted by US President Joe Biden. Morrison's uh, manoeuvring to net zero seems to have been timed to ensure Australia is part of the club. No cost-benefit analysis has ever been done. Ordinary people have simply worn the more than doubling of their electricity prices over the last 10 years. I know I have. I'd love to think we could cut our emissions to net zero and not lose a single job in manufacturing and mining or have a single farm go bust, Senator Canavan uh, said on Sky News recently. But we all know that that is not realistic, he went on to say. Bravo, Matt Canavan. Meanwhile, the Chinese Communist Party continue to strengthen its economy, constructing hundreds of coal-fired power stations as we speak. No one at the Biden summit uh, will call them out. Anyone who thinks the CCP will keep their promises to decarbonise by 2060 should take a look at their track record. Ask the Hongkanese, ask the Taiwanese. The CCP is playing us all. Net zero will not just kill jobs, it is undermining our national security. Well, that's it for the Lyle Shelton Show this week. Thanks to everyone who dropped in at Kurong West Ride last Saturday. It was great to meet so many young people who are developing an interest in the culture wars. If you'd like a copy of my book, I kid you not, Notes from 20 Years in the Trenches of the Culture Wars, go to lyleshelton.org.au. And don't forget to join the CDP at cdp.org.au. Thanks again to Dave Pillow and the team at Good Source News for production and editing. The Good Source is where you can get your great commentary on all the issues you need to know about. Until next time, thanks for being with me. God bless. The Lyle Shelton Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Lyle Shelton. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news. Good, S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show.